welcome back to the fourth episode of the Colony Fantasy Podcast. We are getting here a little bit earlier this week, but uh, we're just that excited to share all the content we have uh, ready to go for this episode. What, what say you, Brandon? Live from New York, it's Wednesday night. It is Wednesday night. Yeah, That is fantastic. All right, Brandon, why don't we get right into it here with the news? Um, I guess before we do... Uh, I will apologize again to the, the listeners. My voice is still a little bit iffy, but we're gonna keep we're gonna keep chugging away here. It's been six days. I know, I know. I think I'm getting over it, though. I think I'm getting over the hump. But Brandon, why don't you give an update on the the kids not kids uh, debacle we had last week? Yeah. So after we had that breaking news story, turns out ESPN found their mistake. They fixed it. They credited Ravens Bethel. Uh, with his fumble recovery, and so the Ravens were added two po- extra points from 12 to 14, which gives the kids the official win for week one. So the kids actually got the win. Yes. You know, ESPN's got to get their act together. Yeah, I don't know what happened. It took them a good five or six days to fix that. Yeah, I was seeing all sorts of, like, Twitter messages and people taking screenshots, and, yeah, I Andrew can can uh, take breathe a sigh of relief now, though. He is... He's back on the right track, and uh, um, we'll get into the power rankings a little bit later. But yeah, overall, it was a good good for the kids to get that score changed, and uh, the season is is back on track, and we're good to go. Well, all the NFC is one and one, so right, right. It's it's anyone's game. It's yeah. truly anyone's game. Now we have quite the bit of uh, injury news this week. Lots and lots of quarterbacks. Going down, we have how many went down? Oh, it was probably four or five, right? I mean, we've got we've got Ben Roethlisberger out with the elbow for the whole year. Mm-hmm. We have Drew Brees out for six weeks, I think. Thumb injury. Yeah, he just had a surgery today. Uh, I think it went well, so probably six weeks. We have Darnold out with mono, uh, and then also Trevor Trevor Simeon, excuse me, gets uh, a season-ending leg injury on Monday night, so the Jets are now down to their third string. We have Cam Newton, who is in a boot and is, you know, very likely not playing on Sunday. And we also have Eli Manning, who got benched, not so much an injury, but he got benched for Daniel Jones. So I guess, Brandon, really the question here is, who in in the CFL was hurt the most by all these quarterback Injuries slash benchings, and um, I'm not forgetting any any am I? That was all of them. I don't think so. I think he got most of them. Anyway, yeah. Who do you think was uh, hurt the most? If we're talking about quality, it would probably have to be Drew Brees. But since we're looking at quantity with this this many people, it's got to be whoever's got two. And in this case, that's gonna have to be it's gonna have to be the Griffins as well as NLS who are struggling at the QB position now. Yeah, who would have thought that uh, two weeks into the season, quarterbacks would be one of the more, I mean, obviously quarterbacks are important by themselves, but even now more than ever, at least that I can remember, you know, especially in a league as deep as ours, that quarterbacks have really become the hot commodities as of late. Um, And, you know, I've seen just from some interactions with the other guys that um, a lot of people out there in the CFL are very, uh, a little bit nervous about who they're starting this week. I mean, you've got the Griffins starting Daniel Jones, as you mentioned. Um, I think we've got the NLS starting Andy Dalton, who actually has been pretty good 
up to this point. Um, and he had actually picked him up when Nick Foles went down for the NLS a few weeks ago. Um, there's only really been a few teams that have been unaffected by all this. Really, it's been, you know, my Beagles. We're still riding without my three quarterbacks. You've got um, your Tigers. Your three quarterbacks are still okay. Staying it strong. Yeah, not guilty. Still has Mahomes and Brady. We have Seth, who's still rolling with uh, Prescott and Winston. Uh, Bobby still has Matt Ryan and Goff. And um, I think that's... Oh, and John. John still has... uh, Jackson and Carr. Jackson and Carr, who were the guys he drafted originally, uh, despite my grumblings and objections, which are, you know, I still hold to this day. (laughs) So... Um, you know, honestly, like half the league has been really affected by these injuries, and it'll really be interesting. And I think we'll get into it with our our matchup previews, but it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out. Yeah, absolutely. So, on top of all that, um, you know, late this week, yesterday and today, we had two trades. Brand, do you want to kind of tee this one off? Yeah. So I woke up this morning, and there's a trade for Melvin Gordon. I'm like, what? Guy hasn't been playing. He's sitting at home. And yet again, it's the Bears trading Melvin Gordon for another Bear, David Montgomery. Just trying to assemble all of the Bears. Yeah, he's just, <laughs> despite how bad they've been. Tankathon already. Yeah, I don't know about this, Brandon Taylor. If you're listening to this podcast, you better, uh, I think, wise it up a little bit. Uh, honestly, I I did not feel good about this trade. It's my personal belief that Melvin Gordon is going to be back around week six to eight. And, I mean, I think Montgomery is definitely going to get better. And I think he showed that this week. But I don't think this is a very fair trade. I think, you know, Bobby getting Gordon, I think, is going to be a big asset down the road. And, I mean, obviously this all depends on how well Montgomery does and, um, you know, the timetable for Gordon's return. But I I think, honestly, I I would have given more for Melvin Gordon so um, I think he could have gotten a lot more if he had maybe even shopped around the league a little bit yeah I think you could pivot this either way and it it will depend on Gordon which we have no not much insight into so I mean let's say he does come back early like you think possibly week six then then Bobby got a steal but if he doesn't and we're thinking he has to report by week 10 might not even have to report till week 13 then Bobby's in trouble and if he's not even in the playoffs he's absolutely useless so it's a trade that really can go either way yeah for sure I mean week 13 then he's kind of irrelevant at that point unless you do make the playoffs and even then I think you're a little bit worried about starting him anyway so um, for sure that's definitely could a trade that could go in a wide variety of directions the other trade that we had was a, a bigger trade in terms of amount of players you had the bears again involved but this time with the coastal kids and you had the bears trading Le'Veon bell and sam darnold um to both jets to the jets fan uh andrew and andrew providing jacoby Brissett, tyler lockett and joe mixon and honestly i again i don't think this was a good trade for the Bears. That's just me. I think Mixon has not been good with two games so far. A small sample size, but he hasn't been good. Definitely 
has been overdrafted across the board in all the leagues. His ADP, not not performed to his ADP. Tyler Lockett is just a guy. Like, he'll get you points. He's not just a guy. But, like, he's, like, wide receiver three material. And, like, I, I don't think it's really going to do much for the Bears off um, roster to have Tyler Lockett there. I mean, he, he, sure, maybe he starts him over Allen Robinson, but I think really the difference is just marginal. If anything, he just makes the bench look prettier. Um, and now you're faced with starting Joe Mixon and Devontae Freeman are, as your two running backs. And it, personally, I would say that's probably the worst starting running back duo in the entire league. Would you agree? Um, I, you know, I don't actually think I do. Um, I'm going to have to disagree with you on the your trade assessment. I think I understand where Brandon Taylor is coming from and his Bears perspective. I mean, if I saw, if I'm looking at his roster, he had Melvin Gordon and AJ Green in his I, his only two IR spots, and he had Sam Darnold, who was also IR eligible, but he can't do anything with him. So he's just got to free up some space right now, and that means selling his fourth overall pick for some depth, which he ha- he has none. And he needs Tyler Lockett, a wide receiver, and he needs some running back depth with Mixon now, as well as a quarterback to replace injury-prone Cam Newton and who else? Mitchell Trubisky. And Mitch Trubisky, who can't even get you 10 points. Yeah, so, I mean, I don't necessarily disagree with what you're saying, um, uh, Brissett is good, and I think he's he's going to overperform his ADP, and I think was a very good pickup by the kids. And I have no problem with the Bears trading Sam Darnold because you're right; he is just kind of a a wasted spot on the bench when he can't even play. And I think him going after Jacoby Brissett was definitely a good idea. But I think giving up your fourth overall pick, Le'Veon Bell, for Two guys that really, I mean, Mixon and Brissett, I'm not even really considering Lockett here. I'm not even really considering that as part of the trade. But they're both just very, um, you know, mediocre kind of wild cards. And Bell, I think, was really the cornerstone on this team that you were building around. And yes, depth is definitely what this team needs, but... Now you're double-dipping on Mixon and John Ross, and again, I don't think the running backs really wow you anymore. Um, Freeman and Mixon have both under-impressed. So yes, while it's good to get Brissett, I don't think giving up what Bell was was worth it. And if you go to the opposing you know, side of things, um, just to show how much this really does improve the kids' roster, he can sit Sam Darnold on the bench for a while now, put him in the IR spot, which he has two of. Now he's got Kamara and Bell as his two running backs, when before he had Mixon. And he's got Hollywood Brown that he can just put in as wide receiver three. So this is a great deal for the kids, and I think the Bears gave up too much. I I would agree that the kids, logistically, it made sense. Um, They can finally start Hollywood Brown and then get get his (laughs) beloved Sam Darnold. But I'm, I'm just taking devil's advocate here with, Brandon Taylor. Okay, so let's um let's move on to the the five waivers that we had this week. So Brandon, why don't you talk about uh, the first one with the blizzard? Well, the blizzard being the champ, 
retained his number one waiver spot and he didn't use it week one. So why not use it on <clears throat> why not use it week two on Will Disley, who had two touchdowns for the Seahawks? This smells like Vance McDonald all over again, doesn't it? Yeah, this doesn't make much sense here. He'll probably drop him next week and then, you know, week five's gonna come along and he'll pick him right back up on waivers. Yeah, I, I don't suspect Disley's gonna get much many targets this week. I think it was an anomaly to get two touchdowns. Yeah. So the second waiver was NLS and um, obviously with their quarterback woes with Ben Roethlisberger, they decided to use uh, the second waiver on Gardner Minshew, which I actually thought was um, a good use of a waiver. I thought he was arguably the best quarterback available. I mean, Minshew's been putting up very solid numbers the last uh, two weeks on an offense that's really you know, it doesn't have any stars on it in terms of receiving core. Um, and, you know, just pulling up uh, his numbers, what he's done so far. I mean, he's been averaging about 15, 16 points, 17 points. So um, that's fantastic for a QB3. And I think it really just uh, makes Bryce's quarterback locker room, if you will, just uh, feel a lot better. Yeah, I think if you saw that fourth quarter drive against the Houston Texans, he really put on a show and was able to get them that that touchdown that they needed to get an opportunity to win. And they go for two and they blow it with Leonard Fournette. It is what it is, but I think he's showing confidence and he can be a reliable quarterback for NLS. And I think the only reason they had to use a waiver on this was because of the team who used a waiver right behind him. The Griffins, of course. And, you know, we already alluded to um, his woes at quarterback with Drew Brees and Eli Manning. So what did you make of the Daniel Jones pickup? Well, I think I think he just had to do it, you know, had to go for my guess is he had Minshew as his first quarterback, but because of NLS, he settled for Daniel Jones, and that's who he's going to be rolling with from here on out for the foreseeable future. Yeah, I'd be curious to see how many quarterbacks Austin had queued. I mean, obviously he's only the third waiver, so really he only needed to queue three at the most, but I'm wondering, you know, did he have... Um, Teddy Bridgewater queued, who we ended up picking up in free agency later. Did he have Mason Rudolph queued? Um, I mean, probably not because he's still in free agency. But, um, I mean, obviously, I, I think your suspicion, um, I would tend to agree with. He probably had Minshew as his QB1, even if Austin might not admit that. Um, but, I, I mean, Daniel Jones could be good, too. My issue with Jones is, who is he throwing to? He's throwing to who? Cody Latimer? Sterling Shepard. Sterling Shepard's injured. So you've got Golden Tate suspended, Sterling Shepard injured. You're you're throwing to, to bodies. You're throwing to warm bodies out there. And I, I think he's got the talent. He looked good in preseason, but who knows? Anyway, so this fourth waiver is the real the real kicker here. This is this is fascinating. You've got the coastal kids. They take Nelson Aguilar. This is such a coastal kid move, right? Let's let's explain. Let's break this down. They take Nelson Aguilar. And then they drop him, and I'm actually going to look up how long it took them to drop Nelson Aguilar after they picked him up. So it was 7.41 a.m. They drop Nelson Aguilar, and they pick up G- DJ uh, Shark at 7.41. This is, this is about four hours later. He was a kid for four hours. <laughs> and then... He wasn't even awake yet. Now, I mean, turns out ultimately the Griffins added Nelson Aguilar at 10 p.m. today. But uh, 
you know, waste of a waiver, not not a good idea. I mean, just use the waiver on Shark if that's who you really want. I think Andrew did say that he messed up his waivers. Andrew, come on, man. Rookie mistake. Get your waivers. Get your act together. Get your waivers set pro- properly and uh, pick the right guy. Yeah, and I don't even think you had to use it. I mean, people could have got Shark last week, and my guess would be if no one's going to do it, then why do it here? So he could have just did no waivers altogether. Yeah, and I actually do like Shark, but I just don't have the roster space for him. So yeah. I think that's Shark's a good pickup. It but is, but... Nelson Aguilar is not. Lost waiver. Wasted waiver. And finally, who did not guilty use their waiver on? Demarcus Robinson. And this is an interesting pickup. You've got uh, a guy who scored, I think, quite a bit of points last week on the Chiefs. It's kind of been a back and forth between him and Sammy Watkins and Mecole Hardman um, for kind of that Tyreek Hill 30 points a week type production from last year. So he puts up 29 points. Um, it's hard to argue against picking him up. Especially with Pat Mahomes throwing him. Sure, and I think, honestly, this would have been a better waiver use for Andrew. So I think Colin might have gotten a steal here if, at five. We'll see if this production is actually sustainable. I do think on Colin's team that Josh Gordon's kind of iffy for a wide receiver three, and especially with Juju losing Ben, I think his receiving core is leaving a lot to be desired. And, you know, looking at his roster, he does have Robinson in at the flex. Uh, so we'll see what happens. Um, you know, Colin's kind of going all in on his Pats and his Chiefs, as it mm-hmm. appears. Yep. So let's get to the uh, the games of the week. Last week we had some good matchups. So, Brandon, who are you picking this week? Well, I'm going to stick to a fun NFL game with important implications. I'm going to go with the Falcons at the Colts this week. Why? Well, Falcons looked not very good week one, and then they decide to step it up a notch, and they they get the job done. Anyway, the Colts are looking very good. They beat the Titans last week in a close nail-biter, and I think there's still a lot of players to look at. You got Marlon Mack, myself and owner. You got newly acquired Jacoby Brissett, and you know T.Y. Hilton, can he sustain that? hopefully against the Falcons cornerbacks I would I would hope so and then Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley they're they're sticking they're staying strong yeah I think it's a good matchup I'm gonna go with the the Steelers and the 49ers um, I think there's a lot of new pieces to also talk about obviously with Ben out we have to evaluate Mason Rudolph also my boy James Connor is hurting a little bit and there's actually talk that he might not play which I'm very worried about. Uh, if he doesn't play, then we, we get to evaluate Jillian Samuels a little bit more. On the 49ers side, you've got um, a backfield that is very up in the air. I mean, I saw you picked up uh, Raheem Mostert this week. We've also got Matt Breida, and we've got Jeff Wilson. Who knows how the heck that's going to shake out? Um, you know, when is Tevin Coleman coming back? A lot of unanswered questions there. And the receivers. Is, Mar- is Marquise Goodwin truly the number one? Is it going to be, um, you know, some other guy that emerges? Is it Dante Pettis? Someone else? We don't really know. So a lot of question marks, I feel like, on that 49ers offense in general. Yeah, those wide receivers are not pretty. And then on the other side, the running backs, who do you choose? Do I start Raheem Mostert? What do you think? I I think that it's high risk, low reward. I don't know. I, I think low that's just, reward? I think that's just a toss-up. 
I think okay. you know that's a that's a real lottery pit play right there. All right. <laughs> Why don't we move on to power rankings for a second week? So at ten, at number ten, because we'll go from you know last to first with zero change, zero movement. We again have the um, the Dub Bears at number ten. Um, and honestly, the reason is, I mean, again, I, I highlighted it earlier, at least personally, I don't think this trade that he did getting rid of Bell is really going to benefit him in the long run. You've got, you know, Trubisky and Brissett at quarterbacks, two kind of underwhelming guys, um, a receiving core that leaves a lot to be desired. Really, the only piece that you like here is Kelsey. Um, yeah. Freeman and Mixon have both way underperformed, so not looking great for the Bears at the outset. No, not at all. I mean, I, I mean, I'm just gonna leave them here because they're zero and two. I mean, I can't reward you for losing a game that you could have won. Yep. And so, who do we have at number nine? Well, continuing with the QB decimation, it's got to be the Griffins. They lost Drew Brees and Eli Manning's done. They pick up Daniel Jones, and I didn't see much from Kirk Cousins. So it's really mainly from the QBs. Like they're not looking good. The situation's bad. Yeah, and I would also say Damien, Damien Williams might not play. I think that's pretty big. Yeah. Um, Nelson Aguilar as a wide receiver three, not really a fan of that one. Um, I think you've got Lindsey, who on the bench is losing some uh, playing time to my boy Royce Freeman. So we'll see how that plays out. But, um, you know, and with Sammy Watkins, you've got those other receivers who are coming in like Hardman and Robinson. So really you've got Cook and Jacobs and Adams. It's kind of your, your team stalwarts, but yep. beyond that, it leaves a lot to be desired. Oh, and Zach Ertz, of course, but beyond that, it leaves a lot to be desired. Yeah, and they just lost Deshaun Jackson for a few weeks probably. Yep. So I'm pretty scared as a Griffin. So who do we have at number eight? No change here. I'm going to keep, we're going to stick with the Beagles at eight. Yeah, I mean, no surprise here, at least on my end. Um, did lose, but, you know, I think... You know, my points against is, is has been pretty high so far. No thanks to me. Yeah. I do think the big concern here is James Conner. If Conner misses time, I think uh, my team definitely takes a hit. But on the flip side, I do like the production I'm seeing from Emmanuel Sanders and Terry McLaurin. Oh. These two guys are my boys. They're my rides or dies. Okay. If anyone wants to trade me for them, it ain't happening. You can take anyone else on my team. So I will say, I think... Um, my receivers are performing well, but I think my running backs have underperformed and also Baker Mayfield's underperformed so far. So some question marks there for sure. Yeah, your team preseason list it looks pretty good, but the running backs not panning out as as we expected. So at number seven, we have Game of Jones. You want to explain why? Sure. I mean, the roster itself is doing okay quarterbacks have been good i think have met their adp real question mark here would be the flex robert woods um, is he the guy is is uh you know someone else the guy i'm not really sure i mean he's got a lot of question marks on the bench as well some guys that have been pretty inconsistent so i think it's just for i think it's for bobby just a matter of picking the right um starters week to week especially in these bye weeks i think uh Mark Andrews and Tyrell Williams are guys that, you know, have definitely helped him uh, and I think do make this roster one that I could foresee improving in the weeks to come. 
yeah, I think his wide receivers are really good. He might have to decide a certain week who to bench correctly. Maybe it's Woods, maybe it's Tyrell Williams, but he should work, look into fixing his defense and his kicker because he didn't listen to us. <laughs> and Rosas was not very good again. Not very good. Yeah, I, I think the defense and the kicker are certainly something to uh, to look at going forward. At six, we have the kids, and the kids have moved uh, down two spots to six. Um, I think I don't. I wouldn't say necessarily that the kids got worse, just beyond being beyond the fact that they lost. I think that's really just the main reason why they moved down two spots. If you look at the roster, I think it's definitely improved with Le'Veon Bell. You've got Kamara, Bell, Watson, Russell, great quarterbacks. Really, the issue here, I think, would be the receivers. Is DJ Moore the guy? Is he the wide receiver three? I think Hollywood Brown certainly fits in, but do DJ Moore and Miles Sanders, are they are they viable wide receiver three and flex options is the real question. I'm not sure with Cam Newton struggling. I mean, DJ Moore might get worse now with Kyle Allen, who might have to step up, and then Philly's offense. Miles Sanders hasn't done a whole lot of anything, so... And George Kittle hasn't been what he was drafted at. So I think he's got to take a look at his flex. Yeah, and perhaps maybe a Crowder or Shark. Are they the answers either? I don't know. And I, we do we did see um, David Njoku on his bench. I think it was a, a broken wrist. So he's he'll be out. He'll miss some time. So he really is kind of banking on Kittle to step it up. Yeah. So who do we have at number five? Well, we had not guilty at his request he's moved up a bit he moved up two spots yeah i mean he had a monster win right all in on the pats you know bryce saw it coming from a mile away patriots defense with a 35 point outing and honestly i think we agree on this we would have had colin just from a pure like you know recency bias standpoint a lot higher in the power rankings but i think we kind of both feel like the last week was more of an anomaly than not in terms of just like the amount of production. Now, I will say, I think that I could totally see the Patriots having another good outing this week against the Jets, but maybe not to the same extent that happened uh, last week. So he does have Smith-Schuster, who does, I think, become worse without Ben there. Uh, Josh Gordon, I don't think, has really you know shown a lot, especially with Antonio Brown staying there. Calvin Ridley is really the, you know, the shining gem on the, the receiving core. That he's got, I think Peyton Barber still as a running back too, leaves a lot to be desired. So, um, again, very Patriots heavy. We'll say it every week, mm-hmm. and you know this first half of the season, when the Patriots have an easy schedule, um, they're gonna win. You're gonna see Colin compete and win against some big names like NLS. Yeah, uh, I'm just not sure how he's gonna sustain this with you know guys like Peyton Barber and Calvin Ridley and Eric Ebron. So. Who do we have at number four? Yeah, this was tough. We, we, you know, we we went back and forth a lot about this, particularly the the five through three spots, um, and we we settled on putting the Sharks at four. Um, it was very close between again the three, four, and the five spots. John's team has obviously uh, been performing well with the kind of coming out of Lamar Jackson. I still think. Lamar Jackson is going to come back to earth. He's going to come back to earth. It's going to take some time. He is not going to put up 30 points a week. I think he'll finish as a top 10 quarterback. 
I think John will prove me wrong in that sense, but I don't think he's going to be the Pat Mahomes of 2019. I just don't see it. Well, he hasn't played tough defenses. He's played the Cardinals. He's played Miami. And now he's going to play Chiefs this week. And these defenses, like, you could just, you can feast on them. So I expect him to put up another 20 plus performance this week. Yeah. And I mean, looking at the upcoming teams, it is a good schedule. I will admit it's, you know, the Chiefs, the, the Browns, the Steelers, the Bengals, the Seahawks. Uh, the Patriots is really, I think, the, the first real test. Um, you know, Houston, the Rams, the Bills, the Jets all come up in the second half. So I think certainly a, a tougher back half of the schedule. So will he sustain that production, this production? is a real question. I think beyond Jackson, um, you've got, you know, obviously a good receiving core, as we've said already, you know, multiple times. I think Fournette is really the big issue here on this roster. He's not performing at the level that John drafted him at. Um, I am not going to have mercy on John for the picking of Fournette. He knew this would happen. He's drafted him before. The same thing happens to him every year. He's an LSU fanboy. Yep, and he acts surprised when Fournette is ranked 30th. Yep. <laughs> so so that's the real question mark. Um, Jared Cook, I think, also hurts without Breeze there. So, yeah. um, But overall, a very good team. Yeah, Jared Cook hasn't done much, just six points on the year, so he might want to be looking at a new tight end. Also, one last point on this roster. Case Keenum is the fifth-ranked quarterback right now. There is no reason that Derek Carr should be starting over Case Keenum. Am I, am I wrong on that? Well, from previous the previous two weeks, I would agree, but against the, the Bears this Monday, maybe not. That's true, but I mean, you know, the Vikings are a pretty good defense as well. I don't know. It's a kind of a toss-up, and you have a fair point there. But it's hard to it's hard to uh, go against. You know, it's a it's almost a eight point difference. Cars or cars averaging twelve, Keenum's averaging twenty two. So it's a ten point difference. So uh, I think you gotta really can think about that one, uh, especially with a matchup this week against the Tigers, which we'll get into a little bit later. With a larger sample size, I think you should consider putting in. Case Keenum over Derek Carr. So, let's move on. Who do we have at number three? Well, we have you at number three, don't we, Brandon? Wow. Why is that? <laughs> we have the Binghamton Tigers at number three. Oh, you want me to start? Yeah. All right. I'll start. I think your team overall has been playing well. You, you kind of dunked on me this week, so we, we moved we moved you up for that. You're you know, one of the only few 2-0 and remaining teams left, which has to speak for something. You know, Antonio Brown's been playing, you know, played pretty well in his debut. Saquon's been kind of holding down the fort. Uh, your quarterbacks have been pretty good with uh, Rodgers, Murray, and Garoppolo. Um, Marlon Mack has been decent, although a little bit fluky. So I think the real question is, does Darren Waller step up? Um, does Christian Kirk see flex material? Uh, just can Mike Evans rebound? Can Marlon Mack be a little more consistent? And it looks like you're streaming defenses, so you just have to pick the right defenses each week. Yeah, I've uh, I picked up the 49ers this week. I'm debating it. So against a, a Pittsburgh offense that might not even have Connor, so that'll be something I'll debate. But I think overall, flex is an issue, something I'm going to have to figure out until Geis comes back. And you know, Saquon Barkley, I don't think he's been unleashed yet. 
I mean, he was taking it easy, and he still is putting up 100-plus yards and a touchdown so far. Do you think uh, Daniel Jones hurts Barkley or helps him or oh, I, kind of washes? No, I think it absolutely it can only be a positive. Okay. Eli Manning was not doing much. I don't think Eli could have hit him on the dump-offs when, when he was in trouble. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I, Antonio I think- Brown has yet to read the full Pats playbook. So, And Tom Brady certainly wants to feed him the ball. Yep. For sure, and Mike Evans, I think we'll have a. Um, I think it's really only up here for Mike Evans. I, I'm not too concerned about Evans. He's. I do think uh, Godwin will, kind of eat into some of his productions. I don't think Evans might necessarily be like you know your true like DeAndre Hopkins number one, but I think he'll be. Um, I think he'll still be pretty, uh, pretty solid. Okay, let's move on to number two. We had to move this person down. NLS, not at number one. How often have we seen that? Yeah, I think we got to tip the the nod to not guilty on this one for uh, getting the win over NLS. You know, happens very rarely, but it does happen sometimes. Um, and uh, also just an acknowledgement to the Blizzard for being 2-0 as well. Overall, I think the NLS roster is pretty good. I think considering the loss of Roethlisberger, it could be a lot worse. You have Andy Dolan, who is appearing to be a very serviceable QB2. Had some you, good matchups, though. Yep. You still have your, your three, the big three, the running backs. You have Eckler, Elliott, and McCaffrey. Um, at least for now. We'll see if Gordon comes back in a few weeks. Uh, the one concern I have is this wide receiver three. I don't think Julian Edelman is very serviceable in a standard league. In my eyes, he's only been like a very good PPR player. And and it makes sense because Tom Brady, he is his go-to guy, but he doesn't he doesn't get deep passes a lot. He 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 gets touchdown looks, but there's just so many options on the Patriots that he's not a consistent touchdown producer. Yeah, I think I mean, there's a there's only like there's three things here to me that I think have really, you know, buoyed the, the NLS production. You've got your Cowboys and they've been on an insane run, and I think that will continue this week against the Dolphins. And the Chargers. Yes, and you have Austin Eckler. Yeah, exactly. You have Austin Eckler in particular, who has been nothing short of you know brilliant from a value standpoint. And you have Tyler Boyd as well, who has been a very serviceable you know, Bengals number one receiver, uh, at least from a fantasy perspective, in place of A.J. Green. So it'll be a question of can those trends continue. Yeah, John Ross kind of took the role that Tyler Boy had last year where A.J. Yeah, exactly. was the number one. And we'll see how A.J. Green changes both of their value when he returns from his injury. But I think Tyler Boyd is okay for the, for the time being. Yeah, so last but certainly not least, certainly at the best, I guess, number one, we have Oswego Blizzard. Is this a surprise? I don't think it is. No, after two years, we have to give him credit. I mean, he knows what he's doing. He's rolling with a very similar crowd from year to year. And even though Winston just annoys me so much, he's he's getting the job done. Who would have thought Derrick Henry, number three after two weeks, averaging 22 points a game. Gurley's at 17, so he's not even... Uh, performing at the level that Blizzard drafted him at. You've got Chris Godwin averaging 15, T.Y. averaging 15, 
Michael Thomas averaging 11 as the third best receiver. Now, I think he will um, take a hit without Drew Brees as well. So I think that's really the main concern here for the Blizzard. And Sony Michelle, who kind of got off to a slow start, but seems to be picking up. Yeah, I think uh, the Blizzard is very good. They look complete, except maybe at tight end. That would be my concern. Jordan Reed, the guy's a tackling dummy. He just gets hurt all the time. And Austin Hooper at the moment, not a consistent uh, target for Matt Ryan. And he just picked up Will Disley. So I don't like any of those tight ends. Yeah, I, I think uh, Seth might need to look at trading uh, for a tight end, and perhaps you use a piece like Matt Stafford. I mean, his quarterbacks are, um, you know... All healthy. Yes, and compared to some of the rest of the league, he's got probably one of the best quarterback rooms around, so maybe you either leverage that, you leverage, um, you know, a receiver, or someone like Sonny Michelle. I'm not sure what the answer is, but... Or maybe you just stream tight ends. Maybe he's comfortable with that. Um, I think you certainly can, considering number one tight end is, you know, Kelsey, and he's not, like, out of this world at the moment. Yeah, I think tight ends across the board have been pretty iffy. Um, You know, consistent ones, you've got, um, I think, Engram, my boy, has been okay. Ertz, I think, has been okay. Um, Kelsey's obviously been very good. Kittle has underperformed. Uh, Jared Cook, I think, has underperformed. Najoku's injured. O.J. Howard has certainly underperformed. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot of teams that I think are struggling for tight end right now. But overall, I think Seth's in a very good spot to keep going forward. Yeah, I'd say the top five tight ends drafted are all underperforming where they were drafted at. So just based off that, you can say, I don't need a tight end if everyone else's tight end stinks. So that's that's the way you can go, I guess. Yep. All right, let's move on because, um, you know, we want to say within our time here, we're running a little bit long, so we'll, we'll speed these things up a little bit. Our, our week three matchups, um, running tally so far, we have Brandon at five and myself at three, uh, cumulative. So still pretty close. We're not close. doing too good. Yeah, we're not doing too good. But uh, let's get to the first matchup here. We've got Karma's a Mitch versus my Bethlehem Beagles. Why don't you tee this one off? Colonel Sanders is back. What's going on? My boy. Emmanuel Sanders is playing out of this world right now. Currently a fourth in wide receiver. He scored a touchdown in both of his games. And he's like the only piece on the Denver Broncos that I'm loving. So he's doing very well. I think your wide receivers are looking great. Thielen, Cup, and Sanders. You got Evan Ingram at tight end. That's good. And I think the question you have to question you have to ask yourself week in and week out is, what are my running backs going to do for me, and which quarterback do I start? Because you got three really good looking QBs, but one of them is not performing well each week. Yeah, and I think in terms of this matchup specifically, um, the key NFL game to watch I think is the Bengals and the Bills, right? Because I'm starting Josh Allen, uh, who has exceeded my expectations. As, as I predicted at the draft, he would. Um, you know, playing a very soft defense. I also have been playing the defense against uh, the Bengals' offense. And then on the flip side, we have John Ross and we have Joe Mixon. So lots of talent. Uh, you know, RB2, 
wide receiver, arguably wide receiver one, uh, defense, and quarterback two. Um, lots of big names involved in that matchup, for sure. Yeah, definitely. Bills, Bengals, Bears, oh my. Oh my, yep. I do think that James Conner and Cam Newton are the stars who might miss this matchup. And I think that negatively affects both of our teams. Um, if I lose Connor, I'm looking at putting in, gosh, I don't even know, Kenyon Drake. Ugh, I don't like that. Maybe, maybe Tariq Cohen just to, just for, just to for the memes, just to put, just to put a bear against the Bears. Maybe bear I, takes down the bear. Exactly. Yeah, little bear takes down the big bears. Yeah. So uh, or maybe Royce Freeman actually. Royce Freeman would probably be the best bet. Um, Possibly. And you know, and Brandon's already predicting that Cam's going to miss this game, so he's got Trubisky and Brissett in. Um, you know, Brissett plays Atlanta. That's a pretty good matchup. Trubisky plays the Redskins. It's a decent matchup as well. Um, but again, I don't think that's necessarily something that bodes well for Brandon long-term here. No. I think the only way Taylor's going to win this game is with a high-scoring game in Indianapolis. I need. I think Brissett needs to go go off, and Freeman needs to actually show what he's worth for Taylor to actually get have a shot to win this game. Yeah, I would also say Kelsey. I think Kelsey is the true wild card. If he puts up, you know, plus twenty or twenty plus, then I think we're neck and neck. I think for me, it's really just about. Um, I think Josh Allen needs to capitalize on that uh, that soft matchup. I think Thielen needs to perform at the level that I drafted him at. And I think, you know, Cooper Cup, there's also room for improvement. Um, and also Evan Engram, he's got a good matchup against the the Bucks as well. So these are the two 0-2 teams. And this is kind of do or die for for the Bears and the Beagles. You know, 0-3 is not a good not a good place to start. And unless you're the Beagles, of course, then you just go 7-7. Seven and seven. You come back in the second half. But who do you have winning this game? I'm going to go with uh, the Beagles on this one. That's right. I got to stick with them, so I have to roll with my Beagles. I'm. I have to speak it into existence. It's gonna happen. I'm gonna pick the Beagles as well. I can't yeah. go against my own team. You have to manifest it. I have to manifest this win. Okay. <laughs> All right. Let's go on to the second one. We've got the Land Sharks versus the Binghamton Tigers in a very high-profile matchup this week. Do you want to talk about it? Not really. Wow. Okay. Well, I'll start it then. <laughs> So, um, I think Carr to Waller, Carr to Darren Waller, um, that could be key. Uh, either if he does pass a touchdown to him or if he doesn't, could uh, turn the tide for this matchup one way or another. I, I think uh, I'm picking the Tigers on this one. I'll say, I'll say it off the gate. Wow. And, here's, and here's why. Um, I think John's receivers have touch, tough matchups across the board. And I think your receivers have easy matchups. So I'll just go through them. So you've got, for the Sharks, Hopkins against the Chargers. That's tough. Odell against the Rams. That's also tough. Diggs against Oakland. I think, I think honestly, for John to win this, I think Diggs is going to have to have a fantastic game. And then on your side, we have Mike Evans against the Giants. Give me all that. We have Antonio Brown against the Jets. I actually think this could be a tough matchup for him. So I'm not sure how I feel about Antonio Brown in this, but I think he'll be okay. Uh, Brandon Cooks against the Browns should be good. 
So I think that's really the difference maker in this matchup across the board is the, the matchups for the receivers. Hmm. Interesting. I, I would agree with some of the, some of the cornerback matchups you're saying. Um, Diggs can light up any of the Oakland cornerbacks. Beckham might have some trouble with uh, the Rams, but overall I, I think my wide receivers do have the edge. And you mentioned Giants at Tampa Bay. This could be Barkley's breaking out party. He's been taking it easy, and he's still per- performing very well. Bucks defense not not doing very well, and uh, this could be Barkley coming out with two touchdowns and 150 yards. It could be could be Daniel Jones breaking out party. Could be or both or, or both. Yeah, or both. I like that. <laughs> yeah, you, of course you do. So um, I'm assuming you also have the Tigers on this one. Yeah, I'm gonna stick with my boys. Okay, three and zero. So we've we've each chosen each other. We're being very amicable right now. Okay, so good. This, this is good for the podcast. This is good for ratings. All right, let's um let's move on. We have the game of Jones versus the Blizzard. So why don't you tee this one off? I keep saying tee this off, but why don't you just start this off? Okay. Well, we talked about game of Jones and his wide receivers. I think they're in in line for a very very good week. They're going to need to feast to win this one, but Texans and Chargers. This could be very good for Keenan Allen. Raiders and Vikings, Tyrell Williams, that's that might be tough for him. And Julio Jones, Julio Jones is Julio Jones. He's going to do do some crazy things against the Colts. But if I'm looking at it, wide receivers are looking very good. And I think the matchup here is going to be a tight end. I mean, Mark Andrews, if he can keep up with what, what he's been doing, then he could easily, easily put up a good double-digit amount. And then on the other side, for the Blizzard, Austin Hooper or Will Disley? Uh, I don't like that. I, I do like what Mark Andrews has been doing. Um, I kind of wish I had taken him in our draft instead of uh, Delaney Walker. But um, I, I think you've got two kind of quarterback-receiver tandems. You've got Goff with Woods, and then you've got on the Blizzard side, Winston to Godwin. And I think those are both very kind of high potential, high potent, um, you know, scenarios for this week with the Rams playing the Browns and then you've got the Bucks playing the Giants. So that could be the deciding, the deciding kind of factors for this matchup. I also think the, the real question is, does Michael Thomas fall apart without Drew Brees? I, I think that could be real, the real um, Achilles for this Blizzard roster going forward. He's got Teddy Bridgewater passing him. They're going to Seattle. This could spell disaster for Michael Thomas. Or Taysom Hill passing to him. We don't even know. Could be both. It could be. And, and I mean, Michael Thomas is obviously talented, but certainly I don't think it's going to be the guy that Seth drafted him as, at least for the next six weeks. Now, he'll have Breeze back for the playoff push, yep. which is obviously good. Assuming um, he's there. <laughs> assuming he's there. So... We'll see how it goes, but I think this is a great matchup for this week. Who do you have winning? You know, this is a this is a tough one to decide, but very tough. I, I'm gonna have to go against the Blizzard on this one. I'm gonna pick Game of Jones. They've been red hot last week. I got I got to ride with them. You know, ESPN has the probability at fifty fifty for yeah. this matchup. I think they're projected two points apart. We got some good matchups this week across the board. It seems like. Um, I'd have to agree with ESPN going 50-50 on this one. Yeah, it's really a coin flip, but uh, 
just because of that, I have to defer to the greatness of the blizzard. I have to roll. It's like roll tide, right? Like roll blizzard, <laughs> <laughs> roll roll storm, or whatever you want to say. Like, yeah. yeah, blizzard. They need to. They need to get to work on their marketing or something. But yeah, yeah, nobody wants to go to Oswego. Yeah, roll blizzard. Roll blizzard on this one. Okay, let's move on to the next matchup between NLS and the Buffalo Trunky Coastal Kids. Yeah, so I think um, the key here is Philip Rivers versus Deshaun Watson kind of head on i i think this is another fantastic matchup across the board you've got some high potent uh players here you've got the cowboys elliot and cooper playing the very bad miami defense we have vance mcdonald playing san francisco we have eckler playing houston which i think he'll be able to exploit and on the opposite side hollywood brown making his debut in the lineup against the Chiefs. That's fantastic. Uh, DJ Moore, I like against the Cardinals. Uh, Galladay against, I don't know who the heck the Eagles have at corner. Uh, Rasul Douglas? Ugh. Ugh, or someone. I don't know. Maybe Austin can enlighten us on that one. But, uh, uh, you know, great matchups for both these teams. I think this will be the highest scoring matchup of the week. It certainly looks like it could be. I mean... All these defenses are not looking good. I think the main thing that could decide this game is going to be Red Rifle or Red Rider BB Gun. Like, how is Andy Dalton going to perform? Nice. (laughs) Thanks. I like that. He's at Buffalo, and he's performed pretty well, but I don't know. Buffalo's defense is pretty stout. Hold on. Say that that again. Say that again. Buffalo's defense is pretty stout. Who, Who owns the Buffalo defense? Uh, I don't know. I'm going to have to check my... I think my, it might be Bethlehem. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's right. They are stout. They're, 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 they've been good. Better than expected, I would say. And Dalton doesn't have A.J. Green, and John Ross has been good, but Tyler Boyd should step it up a little more. And without Mixon uh, 100%, Bengals could be in for a tough one at Buffalo. Yeah, I agree. So for this matchup... I'm actually going to go with the kids. Again, I think it's going to be the highest scoring matchup. But I just love, again, as I was saying, all of the individual player matchups. You know, Hollywood Brown, Kenny Galladay, DJ Moore, uh, Le'Veon Bell against the Pats. I think well, he'll have a, a great day because the Pats are always playing like very conservatively. Like They'll stop the pass before they stop the run. Yeah. Um, so I think Bell could easily have 150 yards. Um, Garbage time yards. Yeah, I mean, maybe. Um, Kamara, I think, is really the, the real wild card here. Maybe they lean on Kamara more without Breeze. So maybe he sees an uptick in production. I mean, Wilson's just got a fantastic matchup against the Saints. So I think it'll be close, but I'm picking the kids. Yeah, um, I'm looking at the kids' flex, and that's we talked about that earlier, Miles Sanders. I'm a little concerned. Depends on who he goes with a flex, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bet on Andy Dalton. <laughs> I'm going to roll with NLS this week. Yeah, I mean, I can't really argue with that. Let's go to this final matchup here. Not guilty versus the Loudonville Griffins. We have one team that's coming off a a major upset against the NLS in Colin. And we have another team who, uh, you know, had some... Colin just might be Bryce's kryptonite. Yeah, he might be. That's true. Didn't he uh, beat him in the playoffs last year? Yeah. I think it's something in the water. Something in that 
something in that prison no. or something wherever he lives <laughs> okay. <laughs> um okay let's get to the matchup what were my notes for this one? Oh yeah we've got watkins versus robinson this is key especially considering that pat mahomes is throwing the footballs for for colin right so you've got demarcus robinson that colin has a flex and you have sammy watkins that the griffins have as basically their wide receiver too uh not to mention damian williams who austin currently has at the flex but we don't even know if he's gonna play this week no we don't and even if he does it's it's a wild card i mean the touchdowns could go to any one of these chiefs and it's basically just a game of russian roulette yeah no i think really the the key here i mean the, the obviously the the chiefs for sure um it could be another great game for collins pats as they play the jets yeah it could just be a repeat miami game yeah i mean that defense that patriots defense is looking top notch uh, in terms of fantasy so far. I mean, it certainly helps that you score 35 last week. But uh, Brady, Josh Gordon, and the defense he currently has in. But Austin does have the Cowboys defense against Miami, who the, the Pats played last week. So that could be good too. Yeah, Cowboys defense has been very good. And against Miami, they could explode. They could break Rosen or Fitz's leg. I'm not even sure who's starting. Yeah, I think uh, I think Fitzpatrick is still starting, but we'll see. Yeah, it, um, Dolphins are pretty bad. But I'm looking at Daniel Jones on the Griffins, and this is a cake matchup for him. If there's any a game for him to start, this is the one. Daniel Jones, this might be his coming out party. Yeah, and I think, uh, I think Kirk Cousins can have a rebound game here too against Oakland. Uh, I think Austin's going to need that to win. Um, Dalvin Cook obviously needs to maintain his same level of production. And, um, yeah, so I really think the Vikings are going to have to come through for, for Austin this week to win. Who do you have on this one? I am actually going to go with the Griffins. Uh, because, again, I think the Vikings have that great matchup. I think your point is valid. I think Daniel Jones, fantastic matchup there. Uh, Sammy Watkins against the Ravens, that'll, that'll be high scoring. I think the real question marks here are going to be Nelson Aguilar and Damian Williams. Uh, but he's got he's got the defense, he's got the kicker, he's got the other pieces. So I think it's just a matter of making sure that he starts the right guys. I, I would say there's a little bit of uncertainty with the Griffins, especially after Cousins, who seemingly couldn't throw a touchdown pass well. Like, it took him forever. And with Daniel Jones, new, and not a lot of high floor guys in the lineup so far so i'm gonna go with not guilty this time okay so we're differing on that one how about we, that colin yeah we're, we're differing on the fourth matchup we differed on the third matchup and then we just both picked each other so That's good. yeah so we'll uh we'll see how it goes but i think that'll do it for this uh fourth podcast episode brandon any final thoughts just best of luck to everybody for week three. Yeah, same here. I'll, we'll catch you guys all on here next Friday. Uh, I'm actually going to be in Albany this weekend. If anyone wants to have a uh, an owner's brunch, owner's lunch or something, you guys can uh, hit me up. But, uh, yeah, best of luck this weekend and uh, enjoy the football. Yeah, um, actually, next week I'm going to be heading back home. 
So we're going to basically be switching places, I guess. Yeah, we'll have to uh yeah, we'll have to maybe do some interviews or something. Yeah. I don't know what we'd do. Yeah, no no guest this week. Again, we'll extend the offer if anyone wants to join the podcast next week. Uh just let us know and we'll get you guys all set up. All right, sounds good. Take care everyone. Peace out. Bye.